Storymakers. I'm Angie Powers. I'm Elizabeth Stark. And, and this, this is Storymakers Story Show. Yeah. And today on Storymakers Show, you may notice that we're not speaking super loudly, in part because our children are still asleep. Yes, it is, a, it is the 7 a.m. hour on a Saturday that we are stealing to do a show about why we had a kind of unintended hiatus. Yes. And so. hoping that we can look for some lessons for all of us in how to stay connected or what to do when you can't stay connected or how to get back. Right. And I, w I think it's interesting that you keep using the word connected because I think what you mean is connected to your work. Well, what's interesting is that the podcast is one element of our work. Mm -hmm. And like I know I've been writing during this time mm -hmm. and in fact doing yet another big edit. Um, and I know like you, you're making a film, I mean, it's for work, but you're making a video. So it's not actually, so the podcast itself is like one element of our work, right? It's this conversational element. Right. The only thing I was actually gonna pull up is we're all actually, well, most of us are physically isolated, emotionally isolated in a way we haven't been. And so it was interesting to say, to stay connected. Yeah, and I don't think that's a mistake. I mean, mm -hmm. I think, part of this whole kind of scenario this 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 uncertainty and this isolation and and just all the routines thrown up in the air you know it's like no no school i mean not no school but online school right, right. all of that um yeah it's like where do, how do we connect how do we where do we use what do we do with our routines well, you know what do we do when there are new demands yeah. So, yeah, so basically, <clears throat> speaking of routines thrown out the window, what are you working with? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we have a format. And isn't that lovely? Like, as soon as you say it, I'm like, oh, that's a little... Annie Dillard says a, a schedule is a net for catching days, a life mm. raft on which you find yourself still floating decades later. Mm. I was like, oh, right, okay, what are... So... I am re-editing my book. Mm -hmm. um, now, I feel like I'm very, 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 very close. Like that the pieces, even the big piece that kind of got pulled out very early and never adequately replaced. Mm -hmm. or maybe not never adequately replaced, but in any case, I feel like uh, it's very tight now, Whatever for whatever that's worth. I mean, I was, what was, I was listening to somebody talk about the um I, I, now i'm sort of it's it's all confused with with what my own thinking but but this idea that like when you're rereading and re-editing re and re-editing you start to think this isn't necessary this isn't necessary because you already You've seen know it, it so many times yeah, yeah you already know it so that it becomes challenging to know uh what is tight and what is like like skeletal mm -hmm. <laughs> but um but anyway so uh, but i'm doing this this edit and i'm passing it off on monday so by the time we release this it will be in someone else's hands <clears throat> and uh, and i will be then launching into the next thing um as a as a bid to stay sane might be too mm -hmm. strong a word but semi-sane yeah, yeah um how about you I think, as you mentioned, I'm working on stuff for clients, and I'm still working with uh, the middle school. Right. And I, I think that that's, this is an interesting question because there are so many ways we discount everything we need to do. 
and we say this this gets to count as being productive and this doesn't mm. so i think that um just sort of reflecting from march until now right since our initial shelter, shelter in, place. in place you know a lot of stuff has really happened for everybody you know and i remember at the beginning of the shelter in place there were all these articles about what to do with all this new free time and i was like who has that new free time who who suddenly <laughs> yeah. doesn't have a bunch of stuff to do and i guess it's people who um <laughs> i don't know because a lot of people i guess if you have a particular kind of job that wouldn't let you work at a distance like who is not an essential right, worker but then, right but then if who you has a job that wouldn't let them work on the computer. And then, and then, right, right. And then if you do, you're probably not getting paid and now you're panicked and, right. right. So, so, so there's, so there guess, was this initial sense of everybody, of, of, of shutting, you couldn't do certain things. So you weren't doing social things right. and you weren't going out, you weren't commuting. And, um, and so I think those things sort of led themselves to, I mean, the fact of the matter is like, I used to go 15 minutes each way to exercise Mm -hmm. and it actually would drive me sort of crazy. Like, unless I was with a friend chatting, right? Right. Because then it became my social time. But it was like, what that extra half hour, like I didn't have it. Like the the hour, stealing the hour to exercise was already kind of a triumph. And then the commute was extra. So having it be that I go to zoom and turn it on um, for a long time, at least did feel like a weird savings in time. Well, I think I want to, the reason I sort of bring it up is, is that everybody's having a very different pandemic experience. Yes. Um, and, you know, for people who are living alone, for people who are on the West Coast, for people who are in New York, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting to see how it impacts people differently. My niece is in New York right now, and apparently they have a much freer... They, the kids all just started public school. I mean, about right. half of them elected not to. And... Right, but they, they have a much freer uh, possibility. Uh, they went through a, a, an intense crucible, right? Um, horrifying, terrifying, and yet because they went through that experience, they're taking seriously all the things you need to do to keep your community safe, right? There's, I, I, I've not heard from anybody in New York City, city that it's not real or I right. don't need to do these things. Right. So I look around and I think about like the fact of the matter is we, when we talk about productivity, when we talk about these things, there's this big underlying piece that's about meaning. And social interaction is a huge part of the meaning of our life. And um, when we're not able to do that, the things we might normally have connected with, I mean, telling stories is a social act, even if we write in, an, in our own isolation. Funnily enough, I was just writing in my journal this morning. I've been thinking, you know, for years now about the ways in which story is about learning right that, mm. and 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 that whole sort of wired for story idea that we that we need story in order to learn not the hard way right the the hard way being the way that would you know might kill us off or whatever right mm-hmm. so but this morning i was writing like it's also really about connection absolutely that's really like this other huge 
element. And it's, and it's so interesting because I think it also drives our students and it can sort of be interesting that people are like, I've decided to, to learn how to write and publish, right? Like that, that, how close that is. And yet, and yet in a way, like when babies are learning how to talk, they're learning how to talk like to somebody. They're not mm-hmm. just like off in a room for 20 years practicing by themselves, right? right? So connection, yeah. So I guess what I was kind of thinking about when we talk about productivity in the pandemic time is that we're actually struggling with a lot of different things. There's, we're struggling with isolation. We're struggling with a, you know, a crisis of meaning. What does it mean to be creating when we're not connecting? Right. And I don't do social media primarily. So for me, it's not like I float something out into the world and get this like, oh, here's this feedback piece, right? Where it's like either people hate it or they love it or they ignore it. But there's some kind of, you know, your mom says, love you, sweetie, or whatever. (laughs) So I'm not getting that piece, right? So I'm Mm -hmm. not plugged in. Um, And I just, I think I'm thinking about the truth is, oops, um, Like, I'm still carrying around the ideas of what I should be doing, mm. how I should be creating and doing. Even, That's you know, so right? interesting. Like, the creative stuff, which actually yeah. would feed you. Yeah. I mean, if you actually got to do it, it's, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, I just, I remember I was reading this Thich Nhat Hanh, um story sort of about mindfulness. And this guy was sort of talking about, like, how he was the primary parent and being with his kid had been sort of stressful, but once he reframed the idea that the time with his kid was his time, mm. then that time became so much more valuable, right? Mm. Because it wasn't like, oh, I have to watch my kid right now. It was like, oh, this is my time, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think I've been sort of laboring under this thing. It's like once I get through this moment, I can get to... This other thing. Right. And it might be that, like, for me, with the luxury of not having to be an essential worker, with, you know, being able to work primarily inside the house, with all the challenges that come with it, if I am able to reframe the moment I spend with the kids, and it's not an easy moment. You mean, like, the teaching part, specifically, or the raising of our kids? Well, raising children, right? Right. The interaction. Yeah, yeah, The truth is, like, I think there's a lot of grief right now. There's a tremendous amount of grief from our children, in ourselves. And so what we've been doing is sort of, like, trying to negotiate this piece about, you know, how do they get socialization but stay socially distanced? And so they're at an age where... You know, they don't really care what we have to say, <laughs> right? Yes and no, right? But, they, they... but what I'm saying is, like, this is the normal developmental right. moment for our children to be looking at their peer group. And now their peer group has disappeared. Right. Except sort of for in these online. little online yeah. enclaves. And so it's like, okay, so I have this thing, like, my kids shouldn't be online that much. But at the same time... They need to be with people. They need to be with people. And that's the way... Oh, it's... But, yeah. I guess also it's like for my interaction with my kids, what is the mindful way for me to be present with them? And I think what's hard is we see them online being engaged, but not really. And mm. trying to be like, how do we be mindfully present with them? And the, and the challenges that come up in that. 
and say, this is my creative work for today. Right. And to give ourselves credit for the things we do. And I'm using children because we have children. <laughs> but I don't think it has but, but to be the, just Right. That. I mean, part of it is that for all of us, uh, you, you and I speaking and the people listening in a few mm-hmm. days, <laughs> hence, right. um, asynchronously, you know, we're all, we're writing or creating art about humanity right mm. even if we're we only paint leaves or whatever right? right and 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 so we're in this laboratory of what it means to be human mm-hmm. and all of the things we do are research even the things that are frustrating and mundane they are yeah. research i mean yeah. i feel like i've been sort of looking at the fact that you know i came out of this very unconventional, I mean, conventionally unconventional, right? Like Berkeley, the 70s, mm-hmm. like the unmarried hippie mom Family, and yes. the, you know, <laughs> womanizer <laughs> professor father. <laughs> anyway, and just, and the, you know, the chaos and the activism and the whatever, and just, and just thinking and kind of not believing in or really understanding marriage. Like it, mm-hmm. it felt like a, like a fantasy, but like, how does it really happen? And what does it really look like? And is it even really possible? Or is everybody just off like cheating on everybody else and, and, you know, not really Mm. caring and the newness wears off and what is there? I mean, I just, there was so much I didn't understand from the models I didn't, didn't have. And, um, and so there's a way in which like my sort of having this kind of suburban, you know, if queer (laughs) and arty life, you know, with these kids and whatever. I mean, it's, 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 it was my investigation into Mm -hmm. this. It's like, oh, I do. I I feel that I do understand marriage now and I do understand how it works. It doesn't mean I'm great at it, but I, you know what I I mean? I don't think anybody is. But it's like, oh, I, like I see it. And, and, you know, I had that moment with, with, you know, the editor who said, I, you know, are you, I see your first book was this lesbian novel and you've written this thing that's like kind of the best portrayal of heterosexual marriage I've seen. And like, sort of is it just not that different like how are you able right. to it's like yeah kind of kind of if you're kind of moved to the suburbs and you're raising your kids it, it both is and isn't right well, different well, yes. and now I'm sort of like okay I did that that was the, this pro, that was like this mm-hmm. performance art project <laughs> it's like now and I get it and it's deep and it's powerful and it's incredible foundation right like I mm-hmm. and okay like like who am I in this and where right. where am I going with this and what's my next performance art project yeah well I think that you know no one needs me to say this but if you need someone to say this I give everyone permission to count how they spend their time as being something towards their uh creative work right that Mm -hmm. we're we're you know you're talking about life as a a laboratory Um, I'm talking about the mindful moments Uh, if you need permission to count the work that you are doing every day because you have to that gets to be part of your creative work and I think between the idea of the laboratory and and mindfulness we've talked about this a lot is is noticing the details and how 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 can you reflect on those details at the end of the day and I also want to say that there are a number of folks who are in two extremes like one we, we talk sometimes about people who are sheltering in place and are alone and how that is so, so challenging. Yeah. 
And at the same time, we also know from living in a group of people sh mm -hmm. sheltering in place that getting time alone is actually really difficult to have the mental space. Um, you, just to close a door sometimes is, is you know, you get to have a room that you yeah. get to occupy and uh, yeah. <laughs> so there are, and that's why I would say every, everybody's pan, no one can pandemic the wrong way. <laughs> Well, although if you're, if you're, if you're in complete <clears throat> denial about it, as we've learned, it may catch up. Yes. Well, what I was going to say, you can <laughs> pandemic the wrong way, which is not pandemicing. But um, <laughs> so I just want to give everybody who's listening, because I mean, the truth is I've been struggling myself with depression a little bit, like really trying to think about like, oh my God, I'm so lucky in all of these ways. And it is still, it still feels like trying to walk through, you know, knee deep mud, right? And trying to just get from one thing to the other. Holding and, your breath. And, <laughs> your knee deep mud, holding your breath. And I am so privileged. I'm so lucky in so many ways. And um, so I just want to, I don't know, connect with people who might be feeling that, you know, who are struggling to think about, you know, where does support reside for you can you take five minutes if you're if you're in a situation like us do you does your bathroom door lock can you take five <laughs> minutes and cry if you need to uh, take five minutes and just be grateful right because mm -hmm. it's so hard we're just inside our house we are moving so quickly mm -hmm. and yet like through mud yes we're like running through that needy mud but and <laughs> not getting anywhere yeah and so I think a lot of, you know, part of what we're doing is probably using busyness to navigate. Well, I definitely feel like I look at my to-do list and it's like, there are my creative things, but they're, they seem big and amorphous. And then there's like, make this stupid little phone call or do this little thing. And it's like, oh, then I get to click it off. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I get to click that off and it's done. And right. I've actually like re-engaged with Pomodoros, which is that 25 minute cycle 25 mm. minutes on five minutes off you know this but i i found this app and i thought like oh this will be great for for our kids too it's like because it's a cute little thing where you grow a tree or a flower during your 25 minutes and so i did it and i grew an oak tree and i was just like this is going to be awesome to share and inspire the kids and then the second one it kept saying come back come back but the thing i needed to do had to do with my email so i was on my phone and it kept wanting me to look at it but i couldn't do both and and i so i was like I didn't understand it anyway. And so all of a sudden it's like, Elizabeth Stark killed a tree. It was so disheartening. It was like, no, I'm trying to be productive and I killed a tree. Yeah. But anyway, looking for, like for me, it was like, okay, 25 minutes. And sometimes I do seven, like I set a timer, but just like, even for like dishes, it's like, okay, mm -hmm. I just need to do something for seven minutes and I can do anything like for seven minutes, except maybe hold a plank. And so, you know, just... Like, and then also, instead of having it be this huge amount of amorphous things I have to do, being like, okay, I'm going to spend two Pomodoros doing all these little mm -hmm. sort of errands, mm -hmm. and then, you know, and then that'll be that till tomorrow. Right. <laughs> or whatever. Um, I also want to say that right now is a great time for people to be thinking about how activism is art. Mm. If you are a creative person doesn't mean like every piece of art you do has to be political, but I do think that if you have political feelings right now, now is 
a great time to use those emotions that, you know. And I just want to say, if you have almost any feeling you're having right now, it probably is political. <laughs> I mean, if you're, if you're feeling upset because the because the air is unbreathable, if you're you know yeah. if you're feeling upset that the pandemic's continuing. On. You know, and I was just thinking, you know, we've had you know presidents in you know physical peril before. That has that's not actually a new thing. But I was thinking about like you know when Reagan was shot. Yeah, you I, have whatever feelings you had about that in whatever way you had those feelings, but you never had an underlying question of like, are they pretending he was shot? <laughs> and I think uh, that to me that causes so or much Or are grief. they gonna use the fact that he was shot to undermine democracy? So, you know, this is a great time and there's a lot of information right now. And I think that everything that I'm gonna do between now and the election is really gonna be focused on talking about, go out and vote. You know, we had a friend who just sent us this stuff about voting in person and, you know, it's like, okay, what... If you can. If you're yeah. able to, fine. Um, but it's more important that you vote than that you do it the right way, right? <clears throat> Meaning, well... <clears throat> you would like it to be counted. There used to be a joke, right? Vote early, vote often. Yes, that was not like Al Capone or something. And <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I just... That is probably the most important thing that you can do right now is actually look at your plan. What is your plan to make your voice heard in this election? That is a creative process. That is a priority. That is... It's a, co- it's a collective It's a creative collective process. Creative yeah. process. Um, reach out to friends. If you hear someone who's saying, I, I don't want to... I'm not going to vote because it doesn't really matter. Or he's going to steal the election anyway. Doesn't matter. You still have to show up and do your part. And then, you know, bring home your ballot stubs and, you know, make a collage (laughs) and put it on your social media so that we... Yeah. Well, I was just listening to Zadie Smith. In fact, this might be my steal this. I think it's time for it. All right, it's time for Steal This. Amateur poets borrow. Professional poets steal. What have you come across in your wanderings and readings and listenings that you might want to take and make your own? So mine mine is, um, so I was listening, I just just started to listen to uh, Zadie Smith on on BBC talking Mm -hmm. about her new-ish collection of essays. Actually, it was interviews in July. She was in London, which is interesting because she also lives in New York, but maybe she decided to be in London. Or maybe she got stuck in London. Who knows? But in any case, um, she was talking about, you know, her activist friends and sort of that writing is like baking banana bread and, you know, but that she decided, and of course she could because of, you know, her position, but she decided to publish these writings about the pandemic as an action, mm-hmm. that, that sort of publishing it turned it into an action, and all the proceeds of the book go toward um, something I, good. Yeah, and so and so um, so she was sort of talking about that that shift from sort of the baking banana bread aspect of writing to the activist aspect of writing, and I think it's really important to get, um, especially to get progressive <clears throat> voices out there. That I think that the right wing has had a huge uh, movement toward toward creating voices, getting writing, you know, publishing, inundating their sort of side of things with writing and 
about I think, I think what's hard these ideas. Yeah. I totally hear you. And I think what's hard is that some of the things that have been done in the name of being conservative are actually straight up weirdo propaganda. Okay. And I think that the values of progressives actually make it really hard in some ways. Like I think all voices need to be heard and I think that's a progressive value. So it's very hard to have a unified, right? We, uh, Robert Frost had a quote, which was like a liberal is the only person who like will lose a fight against himself or something like that. And it's, it's the idea that, you know, as people were, were doing it. So it's interesting. It's like right? the, it's like the <laughs> saying like, or like three, three Jews, six opinions. Right. right? So, and so um, I say as a Jew with six opinions myself, on <laughs> you know, on your own. So I do think that like, um, I, every voice needs to be heard. I think that I don't necessarily, all I'm saying is I don't necessarily want to use the right as a model for no, getting that no, stuff. No, but out. I just want to say like <clears throat> that it's just important to, to say it, to post it, to write it, to shout it out, to put a sign up on your fence. <laughs> to get out of your bubble, right? Like one of the things that they, we found in the last election was that uh, we're in echo chambers yeah. on social media. So how do you get out of your own little echo chamber? Um, so what I actually am going to steal is, is a psychological theory about the locus of control. And I talk <laughs> about that a lot. But I think in this situation, when there is so much we cannot control, really worry and anxiety are sort of based on forgetting what you do have control over, right? And feeling very like there's this huge mammoth thing. So I think that this week, I'm going to focus on the things that I do have control over. So I do have control over how I choose to interact with our kids, right? I do have control over um, continuing to donate. I do have control over the fact that I'm, I want to reach out and see if I can figure out how to volunteer to be a poll worker. Uh, those are things I do have control over and like that's a great model for me because a poll worker isn't going to be something where I'm like committing for six years, 20 hours a week to, to do this thing. This is a way for me to participate that feels uh, in support of things I care about. But it, you know, after a certain date, it's not going to be... Uh, a continuing that, that date might be in December, but... <laughs> right. <laughs> So, um, and they may not want me because I am a person of a certain age. And so who knows, but barely. Um, yes. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to do this week. I have to say, like, you're like, when Reagan was shot, it's like, we, we were small children, just to say. Like, and now you're like a person of a certain age. And it's like, well. We were in, well, I was in sixth grade when he was shot. Really? I was, I was in, in fifth or sixth. No, yeah, you were in fifth. I was in fourth. Yeah. I think. I just have a very vivid memory of that. But I there do too. Never, there was just never that sense actually, of like, is there a way? I mean, I, that's the thing that I think is so horrifying. Maybe, maybe is that the erosion of our our confidence in our system. No. Here's here's what. So here's what I think we, we've said today, which I think we didn't we didn't know. If this is sort of a rough draft, so we didn't really know. Uh, we have our it structure. Was an essay. Yeah, well, it was right. We try trying, but also, so we have our structure, you know, and then we go in and we and we experiment. And but it was, you know, turned out like this is really about connection, mm -hmm. the need for it, and how hard it can be when you know one, you're not supposed to leave your house, but two, 
you know, just so much craziness and uncertainty and depression and whatever. So like connection and that anything you do to connect to other people, to yourself, to your, you know, family, to your, you know, just basic humanity um, is part of your responsibility as an artist, is mm -hmm. part of building your connection to what it means to be human, which is what we're exploring in our work. Right. And... So like just that moment when you sit in your car and you cry, that counts. Yeah. You wrote today. And if you feel helpless, find one small thing. Because yeah. the truth is one small thing to move the world in the right direction. I just, you know, I remember all of those, now you know, or whatever, uh, NBC know. things, right? There used to be like um, some kind of, anyway. It was a, an ad, like, that you would be on Saturday morning cartoons or whatever, and I remember it was like, they were talking about if every person volunteered one hour a week towards something that wasn't their own, that would be millions of hours mm. of good work happening, right? And so I just want to say that if you don't have an hour, if you have five minutes, what's, you know, take that first five minutes and make a list of things that can move your things forward and then do one thing for five minutes for the next five days if that's all you can do yeah and it's huge actually yeah, yeah. stay strong stay safe. Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay safe.